the wall. Who is the most powerful of them all? We said most powerful, not the prettiest. I wished for a fairy tale life and it's all gone terribly wrong. I'm turning into a wicked stepmother. That's a wicked. Wicked good. I'm not an evil cat. I'm not an evil cat. I'm not an evil cat. Disney's disenchanted. It's spectacular. I promise. <laughs> Welcome to Unloved Sequels, the podcast that brings you a blow-by-blow critique of Hollywood's worst-rated sequels. You know, the ones that some people think should never have been made. We're your hosts, Michael, say hello. Hello. And I'm Claire. In this episode, we're bang up to date and yet simultaneously regressing 15 years. Michael, we've been doing this long enough now that we really should have known better than to let ourselves get so excited about this particular sequel. And yet, here we are. What's the movie? Giselle, Robert, Morgan and new arrival baby Sophia move to the country for a new life. But things take a nasty turn when Giselle wishes for her life in the real world to be like a fairy tale past. Proving sometimes things look better on paper than they do in reality, including this script. This is disenchanting. <laughs> I was going to say, do you mean her wish or do you mean this movie? Have <laughs> a oh, Seemed like God. such a good idea. Oh, oh. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, so there's no current viewing figures for this movie. There's no box office for this movie. So I'm going to take you back to 2007. So Enchanted opened on November the 21st, 2007. So same ballpark as they've opened mm-hmm. up this one for Thanksgiving. It took $340.5 million against a budget of $85 million. What I thought okay. was quite... It was successful, but eighty-five million for a fairy tale movie—that's quite expensive. I was like, "That's quite a big chunk for something that isn't an established property." This was just like in the whim. Yeah, you know, it's quite a big budget. So currently, Disenchanted has mm-hmm. a Rotten Tomato score of critics of thirty-nine percent, audience fifty-nine percent. Enchanted back in 2007 had a Rotten Tomato score of critics 93% and mm-hmm. audience 80%. And just for the record, that critics rating on Disenchanted has gone down overnight because I looked it up last night. It was 40% last night when I made my notes and you've clearly done yours now and it's changed. Well, no, I did mine last night and I thought, well, let me just have a quick check to make sure when we go to record that yes. it's up to date. Yeah. And I was like... 39 and plummeting. Oh, geez. Oh, amen. But yeah, 93% critics rating on the first movie. That's. Oh, it's like, it's nearly, it's nearly exactly, it's less than half of the, of the percentage from the original movie. Mm. Yeah. I can probably definitely maybe even say this might be the last enchanted movie we will see ever be made. Probably, definitely, maybe. Probably. Yeah, I think we're done. Unless we're done. Unless they try to remake the original in a couple of years' time. Oh, they could put a whole spin on the thing and make it an animated movie where they've been remaking all of the animated movies as, as live action. They could remake Enchanted so all the, so as an animated movie. So, so what they want to do is sell all the animated scenes in the original movie make live action. Yeah, so do the Malaysia make... stuff live action and then the, N- <laughs> the NYC stuff animated. Oh, yeah, that would work. Not. It's, look, it's not going to be any worse than what this. Oh, surely. This is true. This is true. This is true. So, Claire, do you have any be behind the scenes stuff for us? Well, so uh, we have got most of our uh, main cast are back. We've got uh, Amy Adams is back as Giselle. We've got Patrick Dempsey back as Robert. We've got James Marsden back as Edward. And we've got Idina Menzel back as Nancy. I got impression that James Marsden was only available for one day of filming. <laughs> well, from the fact that they were like, let's all go off and do the, the adventure I'll that's the entire project is leaving. I'll stay here and protect what? The animated what? world. Like, yeah. you can't protect it because all the shit's going down in the real world. You want to help, you need to go with them. Oh, no, no, you're only contracted to two days of voice work. Okay, bye-bye, have fun. Here's your check. Yeah. 
I can go one day to Ireland to film these scenes. Though I don't know if he even went to Ireland because the stuff he did do was the house interior and then the park. So that might have been done in LA because all it the is. other stuff was done in um, Ireland, all the village stuff. Yeah, all the location work was filmed in Ireland. Yeah. But yeah, whether he was involved in that, I don't know. Jodie Benson, who we all know from being the Little Mermaid in the animated movies, and she mm-hmm. was Robert's assistant in Enchanted. She yes. had a scene. They they filmed a scene with her in the same role for Disenchanted. What? And it got cut. Why? Because this movie is already two hours long and we don't need a two-hour Disney movie. There was a hell of a lot more shit they could have cut from this than something oh, that yes. I think the, no, I'm sure. the fan I'm sure service there are would have appreciated. That I would have rather have seen Jodie Benson than what we actually saw. Um, but, yeah. yeah, so she did have a, she had a return uh, slated and she filmed it, but she didn't make the final movie which is that makes me a bit sad what the hell are you doing <laughs> ah, i love jody benson meanwhile maybe me even more angry about this oh movie. i'm sorry i'm sorry well, it's kind of my job to mention it that is my function oh. in this podcast i'm sorry so the most significant new casting is the introduction of gabriella baldacino as morgan this is a mm-hmm. recast so in the original yes. movie uh, Morgan was played by Rachel Covey, but she doesn't really act anymore. She's only got one other credit since Enchanted, and that was from 2016. And she's also three years older than Baldacino, so arguably she's too old to play a teacher. She's 24. I mean, they kind of look the same. But the thing is, that was the excuse they gave them preferably. Oh, she's too old to play a teenager. But when you've got somebody just three years younger who is in their 20s yeah. playing a teenager, it's such... A... Maybe she couldn't think. Just be honest. She auditioned. She worked. She's lost her acting bug. We got somebody else in because she is in it. She plays a cameo. Yes. So they gave her a cameo. She is the young girl who, when when we first go into the fairy tale version of Giselle's life, when we go mm-hmm. to Monrelasia, yeah. um, and it's it, it, the scene where she has to be reminded that the festival is tonight, and it's Rachel Convey, uh, Rachel Covey, sorry, who says that it's tonight and I have to admit and I've seen other people have made this same mistake as me because by that stage um everyone who isn't uh Giselle or one of the other kind of main characters for this scene so um Maya Rudolph and her two henchwomen everyone else is wearing fairly generic Disney townsfolk clothes including Morgan so I actually didn't quite clock until after the moment had passed that it wasn't Morgan who said that I had to look it up and I, I knew that she was in that scene. And I was like, surely they'd just give her a line. They wouldn't just have her in the background. And then I, looked, I was like, oh, okay, that's her. And I just didn't realise because she looks a lot like the girl they got, to, which makes sense because mm-hmm. you want it to be believable that it's the same um, the same person through. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a bit of a, it, it is a real blink and you miss it. And you don't even have to blink if you're just not paying attention fully. I think a lot of people have made the same mistake and thought that actually it was Morgan who said that, but it wasn't. It was original Morgan who said that. Right. The The timeline I can't quite work out. I mean, according to Wikipedia, uh, 10 years have passed. If it's referenced in the movie explicitly, I missed it's that not. bit. I didn't. Mean, I, I was looking for it because it's 15 years in real life. She was six in the first movie. They say that a few times in the first movie. Yes. It's 15 years later. Why is she a teenager? Why does she still live with her parents? Why does she move away from New York if she doesn't want to? She's a grown-ass woman. She could just stay and do her life. But then, no. Less time has passed in movie world than has passed in real life. And according to Wikipedia, that is 10 years, which replaced Morgan at 16, which makes sense with the narrative of the movie. Although I don't think it's explicitly kind of 10 years for this couple to have a baby. You know, I was a bit like, uh, I was a bit kind of like that. Ten years is quite a long time. I mean, there are lots of reasons why it might take a couple ten years to have a baby, but you're not likely to come across those reasons in this sort of Disney movie. So yeah, no, I get what you're true. saying. You're um, saying that baby Sophia was IVF. Is this an? I'm not saying thing? any such thing. I'm just you never know. <laughs> there are lots of reasons why a couple might not have a baby within the time frame you might expect. But in this sort yeah. of fluffy Disney princess movie, if it's not part of the storyline it's unusual yes because mm-hmm. the the whole thing is i mean maybe they were trying to subvert that trope because obviously the disney trope is they meet they fall in love they get married they have babies yes and actually maybe they were trying to 
turn that on its head by saying, well, actually, they spent eight years just being a family of three and doing their thing, although we never get to find out what their thing Mm-hmm. is you know was was yeah. Giselle running her fashion house for those that, all that time what um, fashion house they've moved up a movie and she popped out a baby there's no fashion house no at the end of the first movie yeah I know but where is it they make a big well, thing exactly at the end that's of what it. I'm saying like has she been doing I this found... for eight years or have we well, just forgotten the fact that she ever had a life of her own Who well knows? she's obviously just thrown it away to pop out a child and then force her own lifestyles onto her 16 year old child because you know, it was a bit like, well, throw that away. She's a you woman in America. surprisingly triggered by this movie. Oh, I just, it just annoyed the, I'm going to swear, it annoyed the yes. fuck out of me. Because I was just like, the whole point in the first movie is that she's supposed to be like, I want a husband and I want a life and, you know, but I want to date. And by the end of the movie, she like, she realised she has to know the guy and date the guy and not just marry on the first kiss, mm. you know. That was the whole point in the first. And at the end of it, she's taken over the fashion company that Adina Menzel character had in the first mm. film and started up her own clothing line and she's become independent and youthful. And this film just went, ah, fuck that. Fuck it. Yeah. Let's just make her a housewife pop out her own child, make her a bit of, enforce her life onto her 16-year-old child. Everything she learned in the first movie was just pissed up the wall in this film. Okay. Well, there we go. We don't normally get the feminist run from Michael. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. Even mm. I wasn't going to go that hard on the feminist rant, but there we go. Thank you. Oh, Thank you for angry. being an ally. Anyway, back to casting. We haven't even got through casting yet. I know. I had to. I, I could feel it <laughs> bubbling up inside of You've me. You've been sitting on this for a few days, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I have. I have. I really have. Sorry, guys. Right. So on to new cast. We have got wonderful, wonderful Maya Rudolph come in as Malvina Monroe, who I adore. I'm, I don't think there's anything I've seen her in that I've not enjoyed her in. She's fantastic. We've got Yvette Nicole Brown as Rosaline and Jayma Mays as Ruby, who are her two kind of henchwomen they're kind of a little bit ugly sistery. They they kind of for a lot of the movie they fulfil the role of the like the wicked stepmother and the two ugly sisters and that sort yeah. of yes. kind of function. We've got Griffin Newman in voicing Pip, who Pip incidentally also takes over as the narrator. Where in the first movie, the narration parts of the movie were done by Julie Andrews, and she who was completely separate from the film. It was a very yeah. traditional kind of Disney movie narration. This time round, it's it's Griffin Newman as Pip who's doing the narration. And then we find at the end of the movie that this was him telling the story to his own kids following the conclusion of the events of the movie. Yes. We've got Alan Tudyk in as the voice of the scroll because you can't make a Disney movie without having Alan Tudyk in to voice what would essentially be either an inanimate or a voiceless creature or object so that's what he's here for we've got adam shankman directing he's directed uh he directed hairspray he directed rock of ages he did a few episodes of glee we've got bridget hales doing the screenplay um in terms of her other credits there wasn't a great deal that caught my eye on imdb she was a story editor executive story editor and writer on the last couple of years of once upon a time towards the end of of the show's run which I didn't watch I I started watching Once Upon a Time when it first came out and then I kind of fell off watching it but by all accounts it kind of went a bit down the pan the story credit goes to J David Stern David N Weiss and Richard Lagravenese oh look are they all men yeah you're spotting a pattern I mean we have you know so we've got a female screenplay female screenplay writer rather um yeah. but yeah so so far so male and then there's a little credit for bill kelly based on characters created by because yeah he wrote the original story mm-hmm. but played no part in this he was having there's their biggest error yeah um music and lyric um and there's they've both got quite a big history with disney so it's fully expected we've got alan menken on music and stephen schwartz on lyrics both have worked extensively with Disney before in those roles. So the production history of this movie, we go back as far as 2010. So just three Mm -hmm. years after the original movie was when Variety first reported that Walt Disney Pictures was planning a sequel to Enchanted. They wanted to get the original cast back and they were hoping for a 2011 release. How did that work out for you, Disney? Here we are 11 years on from that. You finally brought out the movie. Now, here's the thing. Interesting you mentioned the thing about the it being a very male-dominated creative team, because originally Anne Fletcher was lined up to direct this movie all the way back as far as 
2010. Now, is that name ringing a bell for you? Hocus Pocus 2? Hocus Pocus 2. Do you remember when we covered Hocus Pocus 2, we talked about how female the creative team on that movie was. Mm-hmm. Our feelings about that movie, I think, are, you're going to realise, listeners, as we talk on, are maybe quite different from our feelings about this movie. Maybe that's a factor. Maybe well, it's Adam not. Shankman was the executive producer of Hocus Pocus 2. Well, he was originally lined up to be director on Hocus Pocus 2. Yes, he was. So by the time we'd got as far as 2016, Adam Shankman was in negotiations to direct Disenchanted. Um, and then he ended up signed on to work on this simultaneously with Hocus Pocus 2. Yep. And then, so they basically ended up switching projects. So so Anne Fletcher then came in, took over from Adam Shankman. I don't know if it was because he was struggling with having the two projects on the go at the same time, or if that was coincidental. But yes, I I found that quite interesting that they had both started off on mm. one project. And by the time the movies were released... They had switched projects completely. And, and probably the reason why Adam Shankman looked at these two franchises that he was making direct-to-TV sequels to and was like, oh, should I do Hocus Pocus 2? That was a massive flop in the cinema and has become a cult classic. Or do I take the property that has was massively successful in the cinema mm. and has good reviews? And he, I think yeah. he put bet his dollar that this would be more successful than this was going to be the one that took off well so actually he was hired as director for enchanted back in 2003 really yeah so he was originally lined up to to direct that and then he ended up dropping out and kevin lima came in as director on enchanted instead now why this movie took 12 years to get from let's make a movie to here's the movie oh oh, let me pick let me say Go on. I have an I have an idea in Go this. on. Tell me your theory. Amy Adams. She left in Oh, because she suddenly became huge, didn't she? Yes. Oscar nominated four or five times now. Yes. She was you're in right. everything off Enchanted. She was probably yes. asking for a bigger payday. She probably didn't think that Disney were the place where she should take her career because she yes. was now nominated to actress. Yeah. And then where is she I now? Bet you're right. She became Lois Lane in the Zack Snyder mm-hmm. universe. That completely failed for her. So where is she now? She is, oh, where do I go? What is what properties do I have underneath my belt, apart yeah. from Superman, that I can lean into and make a quick buck out of? Let's make a sequel to Enchanted. Because it's yeah. the only property she had. Yeah, I think you might be right there, actually, because mm. you're right. In that interim period, she did loads of stuff. But thinking about it, this is the film that I always associate with her because... Yeah. It's the first thing I'm aware. I mean, I think I did see her in other stuff because she was acting way before Enchanted, but this was her first big, big, big role. Um, So this is what kind of made her well known with a lot of people, including me. And then, yes, she went on and she did loads of stuff, I guess, in between these two movies. So you're right. Maybe that's the reason that it took so long because they wouldn't have made it without her. No, because there is no story. How would you make this movie without Amy Adams? Well, it's a bit like trying to make Hocus Pocus sequels without the three witches you couldn't do it yeah you just they recast them it's no point yeah so anyway they made their movie finally the test screenings didn't go so well they had to go back and do some reshoots because the test audiences did not like the the movie as it was presented to them so this is the good version this is the improved version of enchanted sometimes sometimes reshoots do not make better movies Mm. you know because sometimes reshoots just they panic they have deadlines to hit disney's probably on the directors and producers back that they want it out for a thanksgiving release for 2022 and they're in the middle of production in the summertime and they're doing reshoots in september sometimes because one of my major issues with this movie is that some of the cinematography and camera editing choices are awful, like those split screens and the screen wipes and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it looks like it wasn't a very clean production, like mm. the whole lot of it. It feels rushed. It feels like an ABC. You know, on ABC, I know it's American Channel ABC, but they do those live musicals every year. Sometimes they put them on Netflix. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This they they get aired over here as well. I've seen some of them. Yeah. If you mind the CGI out of this, that's basically what we've got mid 90s disney channel cinderella with brandy in and (laughs) all kind of like them kind of you know tv movies and that's what i think we've ended up here guys if you're going to watch this movie 
don't go back and revisit the first film before watching yes. this one. Yes, because I agree. Because the camera techniques, the ideas in the first film, even like when the evil stepmother's picking the apples out of the soup and dropping them and like letting go the camera work and the technology and the just layers and layers above this movie. And that film yeah. is 15 years old. But that's a real issue. So we discussed quite a lot when we did Jaws 2, the fact that Jaws 2 is a good movie, but mm-hmm. it doesn't hold up against Jaws because I watched them pretty much back to back, having not seen yeah. Jaws very recently. Whereas you didn't because you watched Jaws quite a lot in your day-to-day life because yes. it's you. And what, so one of my criticisms of Jaws 2 is that it doesn't I think hold... there's a compliment there somewhere. And that's you. <laughs> that's a backhanded compliment you. if I ever heard one. <laughs> So my experience of watching it, my, mm. my one of my observations was that it, it's a good movie, but it's nowhere near as good as the original. Yes. And we forgave them that in Jaws because when they made the original and when they made the sequel, they weren't thinking, well, people are going to rewatch the original before they go and see the sequel. Because how would they? Because home release no, exactly. wasn't a thing. So if it wasn't on TV when the second movie was coming out in the cinema, you couldn't watch mm. the first one before you went to see the second one. Yeah. And also those two movies were released within a few years of each other. It wasn't a huge gap in between. Yeah. The difference with this is that they knew when they were making this movie that people had access to the first movie at the push of a button. They couldn't possibly have, have not considered it because the whole point is this movie is going straight onto the streaming platform, the mm-hmm. same streaming platform that yeah. the original movie is on. They've left 15 years between the movies so people who haven't watched in between i mean i have re-watched enchanted a couple of times um but people who haven't are going to want to re-watch because they haven't watched it in 15 years both of my kids were born since the original movie came out mm-hmm. therefore we kind of have to re-watch it for them yeah. so that they can get the context and then watch the second one but as soon as you put them side by side the second one is shit yes it's like it's not a bad movie in isolation, but mm. if you've just watched the first one, yeah, it's not going to compare. And in this day and age, we shouldn't be having to say to people, "Don't watch them back to back," because they're on a streaming platform. They're packaged together. They're presented yes. together on the streaming platform. You go to either one of them, and you scroll down your page, and it's going to suggest you watch the other one. Yep. So, it there's no excuse for that to be the case. Mm-hmm. is is my angle on that so yeah it, i think that's they've dropped a ball massively with that one what do you like in this movie i really like i like amy adams and i know we had a conversation with this off microphone as well and you didn't yeah. like her portrayal between the good giselle and the bad giselle yeah and it didn't bother me as much and we talked about how in america pantomime doesn't really exist yeah so while you watch it, you thinking, oh, this is so pantomime it's been done 101 times. But for American mm-hmm. audience, and what I'm brainwashed to now accept as my life, <laughs> um, it, it doesn't, that, that kind of portrayal doesn't exist over here. So I found her yeah, yeah. fantastic. I really liked her in the role. I enjoy her in the role. I just think she had nothing to work with. I quite enjoyed... Hip of the cat. It was very kind of like Cinderella, ste- evil stepmom. She even looked like the cat. Didn't yeah, they? yeah, yeah. What's yeah. the name of the cat in Cinderella? Do you know the name of the cat? Oh, I'm hoping you'd know that. No, no. Oh, okay. I I really enjoyed his character being a little bit evil. I enjoyed that whole kind of pantomime. I kind of, I did enjoy the finale of the film. I thought it did pay off. I just didn't enjoy the hour in the middle of it. <laughs> I enjoyed Adina Menzel being given more to do in this movie than she did in the previous movie. Yes. Nice that they gave her a song. Well, she had sort of one and a half because she had one for herself and then one that she duetted with James Marston. She did have a song in the original movie, actually. Really? But it got, yeah, but it got cut. Oh. Because, and it. Again, because unless you. What are you doing? But unless you're into musical theatre. You're yeah. not necessarily going to know her as a singer. I mean, I remember watching Enchanted and thinking, why is she in this movie if she's not singing? <laughs> not not why is she in this movie? I have no beef with her being in the movie. But, but like, why, why would you hire... Why are you here? Yeah, exactly. Why would you hire Adina Menzel for yeah. a non-singing role? 
yes. in a musical no, movie. Yes. Because I knew her already for, I mean, she, she'd she been in Glee. I'm trying to think of the timeline of Glee. Glee was, Glee was after Chan- this, wasn't it? No, I think Glee was at the same, roughly the same time. I think it must have come after because in, in 2007, I wasn't with my husband. And when Glee came out, I used to watch Glee with, sorry, Chris, for outing you on this. Uh, I used to watch Glee with my husband. He's not going to listen to this. No, but his <laughs> friends might, and then they'll know. They'll know, Chris. They'll know that you liked Glee. Um, Chris, are you a secret closeted Glee fan? He, he's a Gleek. Um, oh. No, I think Glee must have come after. I'm just quickly checking now. I wasn't anticipating that we were going to go this far into this conversation. 2009, it first aired. So she wasn't wow. known for Glee when no. this movie came out. But she was, if you were into musical theatre at all, you would but have known seems, her. But that because she'd been felt... in Rent. She'd done the yeah, movie of Rent. She'd done Rent on stage. She Wicked. had done Wicked by this yeah. stage. She was huge in musical theatre. So she was well on my radar, well on your radar. And she would have been on a lot of... There's a big crossover in the Venn diagram between Disney movie fans and musical theatre fans. So yeah. there would have been plenty of people who were thinking the same. Well, thing. I never Why understood. Is she in the movie and not singing? Why is she here? And the, so the people that would watch that first movie would know who Adina Menzel is. From Absolutely. being in Wicked. Because even Absolutely. by that point, 2007, she might have even done Wicked in the West End by then as well. So she'd been in the Broadway, given up the part. And yeah, because she was on. well out of it. So I I worked on I worked on Wicked, listeners. I oh, worked Jesus, on Wicked for a bit. Goes. Did I ever mention that I used to work in theatre? Has this come uh, up every before? episode? Every episode. <laughs> this is as close. This is the most tenuous it's going to be. No, I have mm. no real connection to this movie other than that I did work on Wicked front of house for a few years, um, yeah. and I was there two thousand nine to two thousand eleven, and that was yeah. there'd been a couple of cast changes since Adina Menzel at that point. So mm-hmm. yes, by two thousand seven, I I would imagine she would have yes because she opened it, didn't she? In the she West did. End. She did open and it, it when maybe. I started in 2009, that was its fifth anniversary year. Yeah. So, so yeah, so musical theatre fans and and Wicked fans are quite enthusiastic. So really? they will have <laughs> yes, that's my euphemism for, <laughs> for Wicked fans. They're they're brilliant, but they they know what's what and it, hardcore you know, hardcore fans. So they will have thought exactly the same. Why is she in this movie and not singing? Well, here you go, kids. She did sing, and then they cut it. But for this movie, they have made their their amends and they gave her a lovely big song because obviously now the whole world knows that she's Elsa. So they yes. gave her a lovely big Elsa-y song. Funnily enough, I don't know if you found this. I found when when it was real life, Adina Menzel, when she sang in her song with James Marsden, yeah. I thought she sounded like Elphaba. It was her, it was the same voice that you hear on the Wicked soundtrack. Yes, it is. And then when she was animated, I heard Elsa. I did not notice. Uh, well, maybe that's just me being a bit weird. Maybe that was my brain was so bored by the time while we were in the animated world. While you're talking about the animated world, how yes. have they made this 2D world of animation look shitter in a sequel 15 years later than they did in the original movie? Well, this is one of the things that I didn't enjoy about this movie because I it doesn't look like any of the Disney worlds that we've seen before. It doesn't even look no. like Andalasia in the first movie. You look no. at the way Giselle was animated in the first movie and she wasn't quite the kind of big hair, big eyes, tiny, like big head, tiny body, kind of traditional Disney princess that we had through the 80s and 90s. But she was she was very rounded in her features and yes. very um, traditionally pretty, as is Amy Adams. And then in this movie, I found particularly with the theme, I thought the animation of of Edward as James Marsden as Edward, yeah, I thought was quite accurate. And obviously they they had animated him quite a lot in the first movie. Idina Menzel was animated in the first movie, but only at the briefly end. at the yeah, end did we see Nancy in, in Andalasia. But this time, I thought generally the animation, did it didn't look like a Disney kingdom. No. It didn't look it didn't. magical it's enough. Very stripped down. And and particularly the way that the two female characters were animated. And maybe they were making a conscious decision to move away from that kind of big-eyed Disney princess because in they have generally moved away from that, even in their animated yeah. movies. But even still, you know, the likes of 
Moana, she is still very doe-eyed in, in yeah. the way that she's animated. And Rapunzel and all of those non, and even Merida, all the non-princessy princesses mm-hmm. that we've seen. Um, yeah. They still have that very Disney style of appearance. Yeah. And yet, Andalasia Morgan and Andalasia Nancy, they were much more angular in their appearance. More, yeah. I mean, Edina Menzel's face is more angular than Amy Adams's. Um, one thing I did, another thing I did like was mm. the fact they were more songs in it. Not yes. memorable songs, but I like the fact Well, that the, yes, songs. I noticed that as well. So we've got two more songs in this movie. There were five main songs in the first movie. We've got seven in this, plus a few reprises, plus some throwbacks to the original movie. Yeah. Um, so there is a lot more music in this movie. But that said, I woke up the next morning. So I watched... I watched Enchanted with my kids on Sunday. Yeah. And then I watched Disenchanted on my own on Monday evening. Yeah. And then on Tuesday morning, I woke up and found myself singing songs from Enchanted. Was it maybe being Enchanted? The only song I really, really liked from the film was A Fairy Tale Life. But that wasn't in the original movie, was it? No, that was a new that was that was, that was a new Amy one. Adams. That's that's uh Giselle's I Wish song, wasn't it? I want song. Yeah. So Before, when she literally made the wish. Yeah, that I let's just can I play a little bit of it for you, Claire? Yeah, please do. So I made this wish where life is so confusing and pain can cut you sharper than a knife. I wish that we all would live someplace where songs of the flowers ring in the air. When that's really good i think it's a cute yeah, song yeah. now i think they're all good songs and it may just be that i've only watched once and i don't have one of those brains i know there are people out there i know your husband's one that only has to watch a movie once and suddenly knows every single note and lyric of the soundtrack i'm not one of yes. those people i have to hear it a few times before it will go into my head so it yeah. could just be that and because there were throwbacks to the original movie which i have seen a few times and so i do know the songs much better um, yeah. maybe that's why it's stuck in my head. So maybe in a few months' time when I've had a chance to watch it again, I might be singing the song. Did you make a note about but... a song that you liked? Did you, was there a song you liked? Do you know what? I didn't particularly, but I did I agree with you. I liked the I liked both of the I Wish songs. I liked yeah. that Morgan got an I Wish song. So um if you if you're into musicals and Disney movies, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. I think they yeah. call it an I want song rather than an I wish song. But every um Pretty much every movie musical, every Disney musical, quite early on in the movie, you will see the main character, who is often female, singing their I want song, which is the point, you know, they're singing about what what it is they wish for, which is basically going to turn out to be the plot of the movie. So in this in this movie, we get two I want songs because at the beginning of the movie, we think that. Giselle is going to become is going to be the main protagonist through this movie so she gets her I want song and she makes her wish and then as the movie goes on we then get uh, Morgan's I want song in the animated world I think it is when she sings no it's not it's in the village isn't it in the town yeah she sings it it's in the real world and so then she sings her I want song once we're in Giselle's fairy tale land and it's almost like once Giselle has made that wish She's no mm-hmm. longer the protagonist. She becomes the antagonist, I suppose, because she starts this transition into yeah. being the, the stepmother, the wicked stepmother. And then Morgan takes on that primary role. And so then yeah. she gets her I wish on because it's the start of her story, if you will. Um, yeah. So I like that they did that. I tell you what, I, this may be an unpopular opinion. I, I wasn't a big fan of Love Power, Edina Menzel's song i it preferred might... it in the end credits because they read she re-sang it for yeah, yeah 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 it's a much i agree song. with that i'm not sure whether it, i didn't like this well this is the thing because they were like hey we've got elsa let's just 
we know she can belt we know she can sing high we know she can hold a note for a mm. really long time let's make her yeah. do all of these things in one song and it it felt like quite a long song i haven't looked up how long the song it was i should preface that it it this, by this point in the movie i was already bored yes so this song by the time she started singing this song the movie was already on the back foot with me because we were a good hour and some into the movie by then so i was a little bit like oh okay yeah so we have to give adina menzel a song and here it is um and it was a bit like adina menzel does elsa in disenchanted maybe if i listen to and do you know what i might go and listen back to some of the soundtrack in isolation from the movie because i think it is probably quite a good soundtrack i do generally speaking love disney soundtrack but by the time we'd got to that song i was just a bit like can we just go i felt like that with badder that song duet with oh i like that one yes that would be my favorite song i think Okay, let's listen to a chunk of that and then so everybody knows which one you're talking about. Please don't fear that you are upsetting me. Dear, I barely know you're there. Sorry, were you speaking? You're hard to see. Like a smell that lingers in the air. Trying to be clever, that makes no sense. That's a role you haven't earned. You don't see your own insignificance. Well, it's time you learn. See, See that, I, I really like that. No, I didn't. I think no? it's a hot mess. But but that's but that's again. So both of those, we we don't like a song based on what what's going on in the movie at the time because this is the bit where you were talking earlier on about the split screens and oh no, the, the cinematography. Noise, it's, just, it's just all over the freaking shot, and the cinematography was bad. I appreciate it is terrible, but the actual song is all over the shop. It's just kind of like there. Oh, and if you're going to have that kind of duet in the movie, they should be singing it together the whole song, not just I cut agree. away yeah, and have them travelling in opposite directions because they're not interacting with each other. That no. song is supposed to be an interaction between the two. And yeah. then they start no, I agree that with that. And then they go off and then they're in their own houses. And I'm like, why are we still listening to this song if they're no longer in front <laughs> of each other? It made no yeah. sense to me. No, I get that, but I do like the song, probably because it's Maya Rudolph's song and she's brilliant and I love a Disney villain song and that was the one thing that was lacking from the first movie yes. is that Susan Sarandon never got a song. Maybe she got a song and it got cut as well and I just didn't find that out in my research. But as far as Maybe. we can tell, Susan so she can Sarandon... Sing. We know she can we sing. We know she can sing. From Rocky Horror, so... Absolutely. Um, I would have loved to have seen her get her chops around a villain song in the first movie and that didn't happen, so I'm quite glad that we had... Mm-hmm. I thought quite a nice punchy villain song. I realised clearly yeah. that it didn't work for you. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I liked as well, although it's really cliche, but it kind of had to be there, all the callbacks to all the Disney movies. And I'm not going to list them because we'd be here. I, was, I normally say at this point till Christmas, yeah. Christmas is only a few weeks away. We'd be here till next Christmas. There are so many callbacks in this movie. Some of them are really blatant. They basically mm-hmm. slap you around the head with, don't forget, this looks like that scene in that other Disney movie. Yeah. Let's have her lean on a thing and splash a load of water up her back for no good reason that makes sense in this movie, but it'll make you think of The Little Mermaid and guess what our next movie's mm-hmm. going to be. And I like that because that's that's kind of what you want from this movie. And it could, because we had it in the first movie and it's it's trying to subvert a lot of the things from those movies but it's kind of kind of harking back to those so i liked yeah. that other than that yeah maya rudolph's brilliant i liked richard um richard marsden he was for what little we He's saw limited of him. limited yes. limited maybe that's why i liked him because there wasn't so much of him as there was of everyone else but he was you know he's fabulously camp in this role yeah. as he was in the first movie and so i liked that i tell you what i did like Little mini feminist moment because Michael's already dealt with the major feminist rant. Um, I like. I can repeat that. myself if you like. No, no, no. We're good. We're good. We're good. We don't have time. <laughs> um, I liked that in the fairy tale world, uh, Malvina does her magic mirror thing, and she asks who is the most powerful, not yeah. 
who is the prettiest. I liked that. And obviously they lampshaded yes. that moment then by having Ruby say, oh, you must be confused. She didn't ask who was prettiest after it had shown Giselle yeah. rather than her. But I, I did like that there was that moment where they go, no, these movies are not about being the prettiest anymore. They're about being, yeah. I mean, because these are bad guys, the most powerful, but you know, the strongest, mm. the bravest, the something elseist rather than being the pretty. I mean, they are still pretty. Yes, which is a thing but you know we're never going to get a Disney princess who isn't beautiful but I like that we are slowly moving away from that being her entire identity exactly. um is there I anything that, that you do we do we actually want to touch on what we don't like in this movie <laughs> we kind of should I know time is tight and we could okay. go on for quite let's, a long time let's just not in in depth but read off at least five things that you dislike in this movie without going into depth. Otherwise, we're going to go. Over you it. already talked about how you didn't mind Amy Adams's evil acting. I, yes. for me, it it didn't work. It was a bit like this is a very niche reference, but I'm hoping that you saw this with me at some point and we'll get it. Mm -hmm. There's um, a DVD of Jekyll and Hyde the Musical starring David Hasselhoff. Yes, and in in that show there is a song where he's conflicted between the two aspects of his character and it's mm -hmm. so it's a, a duet for one and David Hasselhoff he literally faces one side of the stage when he's one of the characters and the other side of the stage when he's the other and spends the entire song flipping which way he's facing on the stage and to me it just felt a bit like that it was a bit like that mm -hmm. oh but I'm so good oh no but I'm evil but oh I'm so I don't want to be evil but you are evil and it was just a little bit oh, it didn't quite work for me but I appreciate that it, you were okay with that so that's fine I find it quite unlikely that even after, even Giselle, after 10 years of living in New York City, would still yeah. be so perky and bubbly and optimistic. Yeah, and no, I agree. Why didn't she start this movie being really jaded? Yeah. Like what I would have expected is, you know, I'm I want to go back to being the optimistic person I was before. I want to find somewhere that I can find that me again, which still would make sense with the narrative. Yeah, but after ten, no one can live in New York for ten years. No, I made it for one year, and I was that like, naive, that optimistic, yeah. that cheerful all the time. I don't, yeah. I don't buy it. Um, two hours is too long for this movie. I know yes, the first one was two hours, uh, and it got away with it. But times have changed. Um, movies are not. I mean, you, you, these days, movies tend to be either ninety minutes or three hours. You don't yes. get so much in the two hour bracket anymore um this movie should not be two hours long there's too much in it it's boring i'm not quite sure what they'd cut um maybe robert's storyline like they could have just cut robert's storyline that whole i hated patrick Dempsey. i mean i get they he needed could have it. pissed off on that train it was completely irrelevant to what was going on in this film i mean i i suppose their argument would be that they needed it to get him to being the hero at the end. Just let him but be captured just... by Maya Rudolph and let him locked up in a cellar. That would have been more entertaining than yeah, the whole Yeah, and then they could stuff. have let James Marsden come and be the hero. Get him to come and do an extra couple of days of work. Yeah. So my big thing with this movie is it suffers from what I am going to call the kick-ass effect or the, the Matthew Vaughan effect, maybe. The thing that was so great about this movie, yeah. the, the about Enchanted, rather, was its originality. Yeah. was the fact that it satirised the very thing it was in yeah. the same way that Kick-Ass, and we talked about this in our Kick-Ass 2 episode, um, in a way that the Kick-Ass and a lot of Matthew Vaughan's movies do. They're not, I mean, Matthew Vaughan isn't the only person that's ever done this, but it just sprang to mm -hmm. mind because we've talked about Kick-Ass recently. So then when you do, when you come to do a sequel to it, yeah, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because you either do the same thing again and then it's not original or you do something different and people go, but this isn't what I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch something that was like the first movie. So you can't, you can't do that kind of satire of the princess movie genre again, when you've already done it. And also yeah. in those 15 years that have passed, that genre has died out. Those movies yeah. don't exist anymore. Even, yeah. even transplanting it into, okay, it's not going to be the princess movie. It's going to be the villainess movie. I mean, villainess movies are becoming a thing and they have become a thing, but not with that angle. And it, yeah. it that 
it doesn't because well, the villainess is still bad in this movie. If you're going to do a yeah. villainess movie, it needs to be a sympathetic one like Maleficent. Well, but the thing is, this is this is the problem. This is the problem with this movie for me that everything that the fans disliked about Hocus Pocus two, and they're saying why didn't they get the original cast back and why didn't they follow the same storyline mm-hmm. as the original film, we would have ended up with a Hocus Pocus of disenchant because yeah, because that's what that they, they did in this movie, and yeah, now look at it, it's just, a hot mess. It's a hot mess. While Hocus Pocus was willing to take it, I don't want to like using this word, but I'm going to use it. They took it in more of a woke direction and made mm. it more female orientated and made it more, have a more diverse cast and make it about, and kind of like, I just understand why I just didn't do that with this. All they've done is kind of like try to take a sidestep. Like like I said, beginning of this podcast, they just didn't, they just ignored everything that that character learned in the first movie for this and didn't install it in the second one. Mm. That it just didn't pay off to me. And I was a bit like, I'm like, like thank God Hocus Pocus 2 didn't make these decisions. Yeah. You know, I'm so grateful that they decided to try something a little bit different than to do it. Like, I truly believe in this film, a lot of the story they chose to tell by them moving to the countryside was more of a budget decision than it was a story. <laughs> in New I like York. the premise, actually. Like, I, I think the no, premise I is hate fine. It. I hate it. Oh, really? I, it made me so annoyed because the whole point of the first movie is you've got this fairy tale princess. Mm. lives in the forest and then moved to the other jungle what is the new york mm-hmm. city and has that kind of tarzan kind of approach yeah and like if they just strip this storyline down remove the sophia baby situation yeah like what Why, where the fuck did she like it halfway through off. they were like we've created this character who is completely surplus to this movie let's just ship her off to some fairy godmothers because yeah otherwise we've got to do something with her yeah, and she then, was completely surplus to requirements. She said, no "I just don't understand why in this movie they could have te- kept the Amy Adams evil stepmother storyline and focused it on the teenage Morgan and living in New York City and like Amy Adams walking down the street with some groceries and she gets knocked by the crowds of people and stuff mm. and she's just fed up and then she gets darker. Like you said, like you become jaded and then the having a teenager in life making that character even more jaded and then." turning her into an evil stepmother within the movie. Forget about the whole one situation, like it's just her ability to adapt. And can you imagine just New York City being overtaken by ivy and weeds and, you know, mm. but, I've, you know, the, the budget of this moving it to another small country, to a small, small village is basically just them going, how can we make this big budget $85 million movie from 15 years ago and make it on a smaller budget today? Yeah. I just thought a lot of the decisions they kept in it were budget decisions more than what is best for these characters. This is the thing. I feel, yes, they, I think they just haven't done this movie justice. I no. think, I I think it, the, the creative team and the producers and Disney have, mm-hmm. have let the movie down by, they, I, that, yeah, there should have been a point at which someone went, look, we can't make this as good as the first one. We need to do something different. Yeah. We need to not make this movie, um, yeah. which I mean, I do like. I I yeah. I enjoyed a lot of it. The first forty-five minutes, I was really into it. There were bits of the rest of it that I really enjoyed, um, but I think overall, when you look at it as a sequel to Enchanted, it just doesn't hold up, and I don't see how it ever could have. No, because even but- if they had done it in in kept it in New York City. I still think the some of the problems of the movie, because it would have still been essentially the same script. They just would have tweaked a few things to make it New yeah. York rather than some random wherever. It, yeah, it just, I think it still but, probably wouldn't have worked. No, because the whole concept in the first film is to take this fairy tale princess and put her in modern day reality by mm. just putting her back into a fairy tale world it just came across as a Disney Channel movie that's yeah. on at Christmas time and with a big expensive cast. But that taking all that into consideration, how many wishing ones would you give Disenchanted? Oh that other long Can I not just start. have one of them and wish it was a better movie? Oh yeah, okay. That, just that take one wand good. and wish for a better movie. Um look, I 
I don't hate it, but I really don't love it. I try and avoid going straight down the middle because you always take the piss out of me for sitting on the fence. But I feel like... It's on the fence. I feel like it's... It's not quite bad enough to go below halfway, but I'm not sure it's good enough to warrant better than halfway. It's just a bit blah. So I, don't, yeah. I, I feel like it is a two and a half out of five. Um, yeah, two magic wands and then the one that Maya Rudolph broke, half of that. Half a magic wand. And if they could just be a little bit better, then maybe they could make a wish and grow the wand back like in the movie. But I don't yeah, think that's going to happen. happen. Two and a half for me. How about you? So this movie makes me disenchanted for this whole franchise. <laughs> You've been waiting this entire episode to say that. I do. I have you? it written down here. It's such a... <laughs> Don't forget it... to say this. It's really funny. <laughs> but it's such a bad title for this movie because I think mm. if you're going to make a good movie and have this title, that makes sense. But if you're going to do loads of test screenings and they're going to come out shit, that's when they should have decided to change the title of this film because... Calling a shit film disenchanted when the first <laughs> film is so loved is such yeah. a rookie error for Disney. Yeah. So, look, I know that I've bitched about this movie for the last 45 to an hour, but I would give it two and a half stars out of five, mainly mm. because I thought the cast went in with good intentions, and but I don't think they had the right people writing the story. They didn't have yeah. the right person writing the script. They didn't have yeah, the right director. Yeah, it's the material rather than the performances that are the issue. Yeah, like all the cast in it, apart from Patrick Dempsey, were fantastic. I enjoyed. But he again, well. he had nothing. His his there was zero for him to do in this. But movie. then, when you receive the script, don't sign on to do it. If you get given <laughs> a shit script, well, it's the whole thing. He's not in Grey's Anatomy anymore, is he? And he's. Mm. But the thing is, he's still alive in the Scream series, but they don't bring him on screen. So he's married to Nev Campbell's character in Scream still. They just bring it. They talk. They talk about him off screen. It's weird. Yeah. So he's got that little carrot, but it never turns yeah. into a movie. So maybe he was like, "Yes, I'll do this movie. I'll take but a job." This this seasonal festive time, if you want to watch a good Christmas movie by Disney and other people like musicals, there's a hell of a lot more out there. Like I also watched this weekend. Is this a Christmas movie? Well, it's released by this time of year, so I would call it a Christmas movie. Yes, I mean, movie. that yes, they've released it for Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's but it's not a fairy, Christmas movie. But, but it's a fairy tale movie. That's when they usually shove this shot out to kind of yeah. like... So, yes, it's for the Christmas market, but it's not... A, I yeah. wouldn't say it's a Christmas movie. No, but I would suggest going to watch Spirited on Sky, what was absolutely fantastic if you want to watch Oh, I'm looking musical. forward to watching that. I haven't watched it yet. I really want to. Oh, my to. God, it's so good. Or even... Godmothered, what was came out in 2020 with um, Isa Fisher. That was really good. That's from mm-hmm. the Disney Channel. Or even Ella Enchanted, or even last year's Amazon Cinderella jukebox musical that has Adina Menzel in it. These are all better options to watch than this movie. So that's Disenchanted for you. Listeners, tell us what you thought of the movie. You can leave us a comment. You can email us on unlovesequels at gmail.com and find us on all the socials at unlovesequels. So, guys, until next time, it's goodbye from me, Michael. And from me, Claire. Take care, guys. Bye. Hey, wow. Ah. Robert! Congratulations on the increasing size of your progeny. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Your dwelling, uh, are you poor now? Edward!